Hola, Jumbo Ecabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Dio Latero, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This is episode 52, and I'm pivoting quite a bit or doing a bit of a turnaround from last week where I talked about spending money and traveling and all that stuff. And this week's topic can be seen as a bit more serious, but I think it's necessary, right? Um, And so there's been so much news in the U.S. and around the world about the Fed, and I think that I need to do a breakdown of it because this stuff can seem like an entirely different language. And at some point, it was a different language to me, and there are some aspects that are still a different language to me. So um, I figured if I didn't understand this at some point, then... You know, chances are there are a bunch of other people that feel the same way. And so I want to break down what's been going up with the Fed and interest rates in plain English for someone that's looking to just understand what's going on. And so the goal of it, the goal, my goal with this episode is to break it down so that someone with the least interest in financial systems has a basic understanding of what's happening and most importantly has an understanding of what's happening and how it affects him or her in order to make informed financial decisions. So it's not just just to know, just to know, but it's like, well, how does that impact me and how should I consider this information in any decisions that I'm making? So let's start by saying, well, what in the world is the Fed? People keep saying the Fed did this, the Fed did that. Who is the Fed? Who is the Fed? (laughs) And so the Fed, a.k.a. the Federal Reserve System, is the central banking, did I say barking? Central banking system of the United States of America. And it was created in 1913 with the enactment of what was called the Federal Reserve Act. Um, And the act was created after a series of financial panics, right? And so it led to the desire for a central control of the monetary system in order to, like, you know, prevent or fix financial crisis in the future. And so the Fed exists to try, and key word there is to try to manage and alleviate financial crisis in the United States as a country, So the Fed's mission, the Federal Reserve's mission, is to keep the U.S. economy, you know, chugging along. Not too hot, not too cold, but just right. And so when the economy booms and it's so hot, you know, there can be inflation. (laughs) Hello, 2021 and 2022. Um, There can also be asset bubbles and things can get a bit out of hand. And that can threaten the stability of the economy. And so the Fed steps in and does what it was created to do to help cool things down um, and keep growth on track. And so now let's talk about just interest rates and the Federal Reserve. I'll say Fed, Federal Reserve. Now you know they're interchangeably. It's the same thing. 
And so job number one, the main job for the Fed is manage the monetary policy for the United States. And so that means controlling the supply of money within the system, within the country's economy. And so while the Fed has, you know, a number of tools that it can use to accomplish this task, the number one most influential way to affect monetary policy and impact the supply of money is what? Through what is called through interest rates. Now, people walk around talking about the Fed raise interest rates, blah, blah, blah. What interest rate? When I look at my credit card, the interest rate there doesn't say it's from the Fed. So what interest rate exactly are we talking about? Well, the Fed controls what we call the federal funds rate, or also called the, the target um, funds rate or short-term interest rates. And I'll explain what that is. Um, but with that, let me back up again, just do a little bit of a reversal, reverse a bit and explain, right? And so by law, any banking institution, think your Wells Fargo, your Ally Bank, your U.S. Bank, any banking institution that accepts our deposits. So think where your paycheck goes. Think where your savings account is held, right? Any banking institution that accepts, even credit unions, right, that accepts cash, you know, from customers, they are required by law to keep a certain amount of cash on reserve. And it's usually a percentage of deposits they hold on hand. So whatever money is in my checking account, in my savings account, and from a bank standpoint, they consider that a deposit. And so the Federal Reserve requires that all these banks keep a certain percentage as a reserve on a daily basis. And they do that so that whenever you and I go to the bank to use the ATM to withdraw some money, there is cash available. So these are just the inner workings behind, you know, our day-to-day transactions, right? And so that percentage you're required to have is called the reserve requirement, Now, this amount changes every day because guess what? Millions of people do banking transactions every day. So sometimes I'm pulling money in, sometimes I'm spending money 10 times a day. And so the balances that your banks have will change on a daily basis. Now, remember, these banks have to have a certain reserve requirement every day. And so there are people whose jobs are entirely to monitor the bank's liquidity. How much do they have in deposits do they have, do they meet the requirements reserve on a daily basis, like on a perpetual monetary basis? Um, and so do they have the money in cash or have they made some investments and so they're low on cash and will they meet those requirements on a daily basis? Now, so say I'm bank A and I decide, oh, for today, I'm going to have excess cash at the end of the day, more than it's required. And so I can choose to lend some money to bank B who may be short on cash for today. And so bank A is the lending bank, can give a short-term overnight loan to bank B and charge bank B an interest. So, okay, I think we're getting there. You, you see where I'm going? I think you see where I'm going. And so bank A will charge bank B an interest at what is called the federal funds rate. Now, who sets this rate? Yeah, we're getting there. It's all connected, right? And so let's talk about how these rates are set. So, yes, um, the banks borrow from each other at the target federal funds rate. That's how it's connected. Now, let's talk about how that rate is set. And this may take you back to something you learned in high school or in, or in your, like me, my college economics class when I first came to the United States. And so there's a committee called the Federal Open Markets Committee, right? They meet eight times a year. 
And at those, at those meetings, they will set a target range of rates for the federal funds rate. And this rate serves as a kind of a reference point for when Bank A and Bank B are negotiating for, hey, how much, am I, how much are you going to you know, charge me to borrow this money overnight? And so the banks will negotiate the actual rates, you know, between each other, but the target rate is set by the Federal Open Market Committee, you know, which is a subcommittee of the Fed. And so you see that um, in the past week made the news, the Fed raised interest rates to 0.75%. And so they actually raised a range of the rates where the low end is 0.75% to 1%. And so now the average overnight loan rate that the banks negotiate for between each other become what the effective federal funds rate is. And so the Fed sets a range. The banks use that as a target to then negotiate with each other. And then the average of what the banks charge each other is the federal funds rate. Now, thanks to this somehow indirect arrangement, the federal funds rate is the most important benchmark for interest rates in the U.S. economy. And so it inf- and it also influences interest rates throughout the global economy because the U.S. is such a big part of the global economy. It affects how much your bank gets to borrow from another bank. And then think about it. If your bank is paying so much to borrow, they're going to pass it down to you because banks are in the business of making money. This is not charity. What happens when the Fed raises rates? But again... Let's reverse a bit. Let's talk about March 2020, the beginning of the pandemic. And everybody was like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. The Fed was also like, what in the world is happening? How can we help the people? How can we help the economy so it does not crash? You know, you know, the stock market went down 30 percent or so. And so, you know, they have that open market committee meeting and they said, huh, we are going to drop the target Fed funds rate to zero percent. Yes, Free 99, pretty much. And so that's what happened. You know, they dropped it to 0% and kept them pretty low for the last two years and then started raising the rates in 2022. And so why did the Fed do that? They did that to boost the economy and to increase the supply of cash in the economy. That's not the only thing the government did, right? You know, I'm not going to get get super technical there. But, you know, we also got the stimulus money for those of you that got those checks. I did not. I was not a U.S. citizen or permanent resident at the time. I did not qualify. Um, I also do not meet the income limits as well. So I didn't get the stimulus, but I'm glad that it went to people that deserve it. That's why we pay taxes. Um, people that not just deserve it, but people that need it. Um, anyway, that's by the way. So um, they did a lot of things to help boost the economy and pumped a lot of money into, into, into the system. So one of those things they did, like I said, was reducing the federal funds rate. So that was an intentional move. So if you know someone that's bragging of how low of a mortgage rate they got in the last two years, this is because the federal funds rate decreased and as such, mortgage rates decreased to the lowest it's been in many, many, many years. However, things work the other way as well. So we have seen a record inflation and our friends at the Fed and the Open Market Committee had another meeting in March 2022 and another meeting last week, May 4th, 2022, and they have swung into action. And so when the Fed raises the federal funds target rate, the goal is to increase the cost of credit in the economy and reduce inflation. 
And so higher interest rates will make loans more expensive for both businesses and you and I as everyday people, consumers. Um, And everyone ends up spending more money on interest payments. That's just what it is. Um, And so in March, they raised the rates by 0.25%. And then, you know, that was because in response to, we've talked about how inflation has been just mad. I did a different podcast episode on what's been going on in the market. And I talked about how inflation has been at an all-time, 40-year high, not all-time high, 40-year high. And and that's put a, a strain on families. I mean, my grocery budget has gone up like close to like, you know, 15, 20%. And I am watching that thing closely now. You know, I try not to waste food, but it happens. And I'm, you know, at, at this point in my life, I'm like, I can't, I can't afford to do this. So I am, I'm doubling down on taking lunches to work and everything. But anyway, I digress again. Um, so yes, you know, prices have gone up. And so the Fed has gotten more aggressive in order to combat inflation. And so that's why last week on May 4th, they raised it for the second time um, in, in 2022. Um, and it's the second increase this year, um, the highest increase in 22 years, since the year 2000. And so hopefully you kind of have a back understanding of the background of what's happening. And this is the Fed just doing his job to try and protect the overall economy. But I understand that he, it has impacts on you and I as people that are just trying to, you know, pay the bills, save some money, you know, step by step, get ahead. Maybe you were trying to buy a house or whatever it is. So I want to spend the rest of the time talking about, well, now you understand what the Fed has done. You know why inflation kind of led to this. You know why the open market committee does what it does. But what does that mean for you and I today? Number one, here's how it impacts your savings and deposits. And so generally, when rates go up, cost of borrowing goes up, but also cost of earning interest also goes up. And so while it may take some time, but if the Fed continues to raise interest rates, you will see higher interest in your savings accounts. I know in the last few years, our high high yield savings account interest has been nothing to write home about. Um, the higher interest rates are great for anyone with a savings account. And that's because the federal funds rate is also a benchmark for deposit accounts, the interest that you earn, your APY and your interest on your, on your savings accounts. Um, of course, traditional brick and mortar bank savings will earn much less than a high yield savings account. Um, and so just, just, just take note of that. So anyway, the interest you earn on your savings accounts, checking accounts, CDs, money market accounts, will all go up, especially if the, if the committee continues to raise rates throughout the year. And I want to highlight why maybe high-yield savings accounts or online savings accounts may see this rise in interest faster than your regular interest accounts. And that's because, you know, there's more competition for the online banks for your, for your deposits and for savings. And, um, you know, you know, your, your high-yield savings accounts are companies that don't incur as much cost as your traditional banks. And so your traditional banks, you know, will see interest rates increase, but they don't really get very high, even in the best of times. So really watch out for high-yield savings accounts and watch out for those interest rate movements um, throughout 2022. Let's see what happens. Number two, the impact it will have on debt. And I also want on anyone that has any debt, but also specifically on home buyers, Right. 
So for anyone that has debt and it's not, if your debt is already fixed, you already, you know, refinanced your mortgage or you bought a house last year, it's fixed. Your, you know, your lender cannot raise interest on you if you signed for a 30 year fixed mortgage or whatever. However, if you're in the market to buy a house um, or you have other variable interest debts like credit card where your interest rates can change, um, you know, just know that you will pay more for any kind of debt that you're getting into. Um, some lenders have already raised rates in anticipation of this change. We saw mortgage rates that were below 3% in December 2021 is now past the 5% range. So it's more than 50% more expensive um, to, to get a mortgage on a house than it was, um, you know, just as of December last year. And so how does, how does the higher cost of debt affect you and I? And, and I think it's easier when it comes to life with a, with a real-life example. And so let's talk about an example of a family that's looking to buy a home. And so let's say, you know, there's a 1% increase in the federal funds rate, and how can that impact the lifetime costs of someone looking to get a, a mortgage, a home mortgage? So say a family is shopping for a mortgage for about 300000 a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage loan, They've been looking since last year, and even as of early this year, you know, they were pre-approved for about 3.5% for a $300,000 loan. And so that means if you get a loan at 3.5%, which you could have gotten in, in, in early January, um, the interest you pay over 30 years is $185,000. And that brings your monthly payment to $1,340. Now... The Fed has raised rates, and let's say hypothetically, by 1% before they actually found a house and locked in their loan. And so the interest rates offered you know, for the, by the bank for a $300,000 home has risen to 4.5%. I mean, this is hypothetical. It's much higher than that today. Over the 30-year life of the loan, the family would pay $247,000 in interest. Remember before at 3.5, it was 185. Now it is 247,000. Now their monthly mortgage payments would go up by about $200 from 1,340 to 1,520. And so I know that this is a, this is a perfect scenario that many people are going through now. And so how do you respond to this? I think, you know, it depends on your situation, right? So the family in this example might delay purchasing the house because they're just like, we're just priced out of this market. It's too expensive. They might try to wait to be able to save a higher down payment to reduce their monthly payment. They might try to opt for a smaller house, you know, such that their monthly payment is still the 1340 They may try to have to then buy a house that costs less to keep that monthly payment the same. Um, or they might also just move ahead with the purchase. So if it's a case where the family, um, you know, believes that maybe the mortgage prices will continue to go high, you know, they want to lock it in where it is, and they have the financial bandwidth to accommodate the higher monthly mortgage payments without being house poor, they may choose to go ahead. So now I've talked about the impact on debt with an example on a mortgage, but the next example is just impact on stocks. And um, we've all seen the stock market. I did a podcast on this, and it's, it's dropped for, the, for five weeks straight. Um, we're not yet in a recessionary pattern, but it is a drop. It is still in correction, you know, uh, correction territory, but who knows what's going to happen. 
but higher market interest rates will have an impact, a negative impact on the stock market, right? So when the Fed rates, Fed increases the interest rates, it's more expensive to borrow money for business. The cost of doing business goes up for both public and private company. And so with the higher costs, right, it means lower revenues for public companies and it impacts their ability to grow and their stock values. And so that's the more longer term impact. But I think the immediate impact that we've seen so far is the impact on market psychology, right? It's how investors feel about the market condition, how investors feel about the market conditions, how investors feel about, you know, just investing. And so when the open market committee um, announces a rate hike, right, you see that a lot of traders might tend to sell off stocks and move into more defensive type investments, right? Um, some might move into buy more, buy more stable stocks and maybe stay away from maybe tech stocks that have done very well in the past. Um, some may choose to go and start buying gold or other things that they believe will be more def- will defend their their portfolio over time. And so when traders do that, um, they wait. They, they, they don't wait for the long process of the higher interest rates to just work its way through the economy, which takes time. But it, you know, based on historical you know data, you know, has worked out in the end. The Fed raising rates. We talked about how it impacts borrowing, how it impacts um, savings, how it impacts the stock market. But how does it actually help inflation? It, it it does, and it can curb inflation over time. I think we'll have to wait and see. It encourages people to save more money and earn high interest payments. And for those that can't or won't be able to afford the higher payments of interest as borrowers, they may postpone big projects that will include spending money. That includes businesses and maybe borrowers that may be taking out mortgages. And so by doing so, people are spending less and saving more. Um, It reduces the supply of money in circulation. And that is what lowers inflation and, and tends to kind of help economic activity kind of moderate. No one has a crystal ball. I am not an economist and I do not know how things will pan out and no single person knows with certainty. So there are many economists and and even they they are expert at this. They'll have predictions, um, but nobody knows for certain. Um, So I'll say that we're all doing the best we can based on what we have and what we know. And I hope that we all stay calm. Uh, we continue to live within our means. Um, evaluate, truly evaluate options in decision making, a.k.a. consider locking in your mortgage if you know you're still going to go ahead and get the house. Reduce your home budget to make room for that. Save more. Pay off debt because maybe it's getting more expensive. Um, you know, turn any variable interest to, to, to fix interest if you can. Um, but I just wanted to record this episode to just share what's happening and how it can impact you so that you can then make the decisions that are best for you. And I know that this topics can seem like a, it can be a lot or seem a little technical, but I really, really think that we need to understand what's happening in the economy so that we can make our own decisions informed decisions. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you learned something from this episode and I will see you next week. Take care. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. 
And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what? Popping! And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as you go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odavo. See you next time.